Welcome to the anointed teaching of the Holy Spirit through his vessel, Reverend Winston Cato of Shekinah Outreach Ministry. Be blessed as you listen to the guidelines on practical Christian living with the goal of helping you to enjoy the best that our loving God has in store for you. During the time of the wilderness, when Miriam, Miriam was Moses' sister, and she decided to grumble, murmur, and say negative things about her own brother who was the leader, got it anointed, and the people got so impatient. How sometimes we forget what God has done for us very quickly. They forgot how God had brought them out of bondage, out of Egypt, with signs and wonders and a mighty hand. And here they are in the wilderness. And uh, God knows what he is doing. He brought them there for a reason. See? And so uh, they got impatient to start a murmur. And she murmured. And God struck her down with leprosy. And, you know, Moses went before God in, in prayer for her. And God says, no, put her outside. Put her outside the camp. Make her an example. And he had to put her outside the camp. She was there for seven days. On the eighth day, he healed her and brought her back. And after that, nobody murmured. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. That's why I discourage gossip. I always tell you guys, especially when people start talking about another minister, don't join. Don't join. As soon as they start talking about another minister, regardless of who he is, whether you know him or her, walk away. Don't get involved in that. That's God's service. As a matter of fact, Paul asked the question in the book of Romans, who are you that judges another man's servant? Leave that person alone. So be careful what you say about one another. And truly, words have creative power. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So be careful what we say about one another. Amen? Say amen. amen. All right. Bless God. Just let your light shine. Marcia, just let your light shine. Just be the, the person that God expects you to be there. You know? Just be that person. Just be that person. Sometimes you wonder, why is it um, you feel and experience certain attack? You see, I believe this, even though it may not be written verbatim in the word of God. I believe it's just when a man or a woman of God decides to live a certain way, that when, that's when that person has become conspicuous to Satan. When you decide to live a certain way, you're going against, you, you, you're going against the norm. You're not joining with the stuff people do, you know, and it's part of the, it's part of the instructions that God gave in relationship to growth. You know, he says, come out from among them and be these, be separate, talking about the world's way of doing things, how, how they do things, you know. When we were in the world, we behaved just like that, just like that, because we didn't know better, we didn't care, we just, you know. We're not in the world anymore. We're in the church. We're, body of the, we're part of the body of Christ. And we need to set an example. How we comport ourselves. You know? And we need to set an example how we respond to negativity. That's another thing you need to take into consideration. How you respond to negativity. When somebody is saying something. When somebody is doing something. How you respond to that. Because that's an opportunity for you to show yourself. That's who you are. 
either you're going to become like the person and begin to speak and act and behave like that person out of anger or you're going to step back and act in a way that is completely opposite to their behavior so it's a lot of things going on there you know a lot of things going on there sometimes the spirit of jealousy is one that comes into play when God is blessing somebody and another one is looking they see that you are blessed they become jealous and jealousy sparks a lot of things you know, negative rhetoric and all that stuff. So, okay. Let me move on. Say hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord of the Lord God. Now I want you to turn to your Bibles, please. And go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians the second chapter. And I want to talk to you about today about, you know, the covenant blessings. The covenant blessings for the people of God. Paul had written to the church in Corinth and he had told them. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man those things that God has prepared for, the, for them that love him. So he's talking about something that God has already done. For those who come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. I want to show you something here. Oh, I hope I don't destroy the decorations. Okay. I want to show you something. A little visual aid. Now. Look at chapter 2 of Ephesians. I want to read a few verses of scripture, just a few. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to read from verse 8 because I just want to flow into what I want to say. From verse 8, just pick it up from verse 8. Wherefore I beseech you, that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write. That I might know the proof of you. Whether you be obedient. Oh sorry. 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 You know I'm in the book of Corinthians reading from. <laughs> I'm like whoa. That's not what I want to hear. Oh my goodness. Alright. Ephesians chapter 2. Now we are in the right place. Verse 11. Verse 11. With a remember that ye being in time past. Gentiles in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision. By that which is called circumcision in the flesh. Made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. That word commonwealth takes on the same word citizenship. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. 
who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of, part of partition between us. So, uh, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about covenant blessings. Covenant blessings. Covenant blessings, when we talk about covenant blessings, the New Testament, the New Covenant, there are blessings that come along with that covenant relationship that you enter into uh, the with the Father through the, through the Son. Here's what I want to make very clear to everybody that is listening to this. The covenant blessings are only, are only for those who are in covenant with God. Alright? Those outside of the body of Christ are not privy to the blessings of the covenant until they enter into a covenant relationship with the Father through the Son. Until then, those blessings are potentially theirs. Just like when we were in the world and didn't know God, we weren't born again, we weren't children of God, the blessings were already provided. But they were just, in the, in the sense, that they were just potentially ours. Which meant they're just lying dormant, waiting for us to do what is required of us. So that we can become partakers of the, the blessings of the covenant. Paul is writing to the church. And he's making a very important point here. And I want to show you something so you would so be clear. Alright, what happened? It'll be clear. Okay. Let's assume here is mankind. Here is man. And here is God our Father. Here is God our Father. Now, you remember a long time ago, very long time ago, I did a similar diagram like this. And what I showed, I wanted to show what happened before sin and after sin. So we got to understand that. What happened before sin and after sin? Uh, before sin, let's say before sin. Before sin, all right, man and God had direct communication. That was before sin. Before anything went wrong, everything was good. Here is Adam, here is the Father. And in Adam, in his loins, we all existed. And the relationship was perfect. Because there was no sin. There was nothing to interfere with the relationship between man and God. So watch what happens now. And I'm not going to go into the Genesis experience. We don't have time for that right now. I just want to get to a certain point. Uh, <clears throat> Adam transgressed the law. We were talking about that, some of that on Friday night. You know, how Adam transgressed the law. And why the fall of man didn't occur until he himself transgressed the law. Eve was the first one that did it and she introduced it him. But after she did it, the fall of man did not occur immediately. God waited to see what man was going to do because Adam was God's point of contact on the earth. He was what Satan claims to be today, God of this world. So was Adam. So what happened? <clears throat> what happened? When Adam transgressed the law, this is what happened. He, ex he experienced broken fellowship with God. 
separated from God because sin can't be in the presence of God. So sin, sin stood between man and God. And because sin stood between man and God, man was exempt from every single thing God was willing to provide for man. Man was exempt. Man had physical life, but man had no spiritual life because he was disconnected from the spirit of God. You see, God is a spirit. He was disconnected from that spirit life, and as a result, he was also disconnected from the blessings. Okay? Now, here's what happened. And I want you to see this very clearly. When God looked at man and his condition, God looked at the condition of man, God was not happy, God was not pleased, because he loved man. God loved man. He loved man. He loved us. And it broke his heart to see that we no longer could fellowship with him because of sin. Sin always stood in the place as a hindrance. With everything. Sin hinders everything. Every single thing. Your fellowship. Your testimony. Your walk. Your blessings. Everything. Your approach. Everything. Sin messes up everything. So, because God, the omnipotent one, see, uh, he couldn't stand being separated from us. Just like parents, mothers and fathers. You know, when I, when I was a prison chaplain, I used to watch. I used to watch. I used to stand and watch in the, in the visit area. And see mothers bring their sons. Mothers bring their children to see the fathers. And you can look on their face and see the pain when they have to leave. You see the pain. It doesn't matter. And sometimes we misunderstand actions because we don't understand motives. We want to know how can a mother love a son who has committed the most heinous crime? It doesn't mean she condones it. Just as the father loves me and you when we do the worst and the most abominable things in his life, in our lives. And in his sight. You can do the worst thing. The worst thing that you can ever think of. And the love of God never ceases to you. It doesn't mean he condones what I am doing. Or what you have done. It just means that his nature would not.